0: Hi, I'm Rob Villeneuve, CEO of rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Celebrating wins and the people who contribute to making them happen is a big part of having a vibrant and strong corporate culture. The more engaged employees become, the more invested and accountable they are to their work. And it's
1: important for us as leaders to acknowledge their efforts. One easy way to make sure you're celebrating your employees is to build rituals around it. At Rebel, we give out annual and quarterly
0: contributor awards to recognize staff who have gone the extra mile. But we also give each other high fives and shutouts at our weekly team lunch. And we nominate one person each week to wear a construction helmet in honor of their hard work. The key takeaway, a little acknowledgement and a simple thank you can help to build a culture of appreciation and engagement.
2: Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada.
1: Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations Workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations, that's bit.ly forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Roam Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Roam Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit Rogers.com forward slash small business.
2: Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business.
1: a real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, and now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to the Startup
0: Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host. Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit Coaching coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. You're working out of my time zone today, which is the Atlantic Standard Time, which is ahead of the rest of the country except for Newfoundland. We're just so pleased to have our friend Mitch Cobb. He's the co-founder and CEO. CEO of Upstreet Craft Brewing, which is located in beautiful Prince Edward Island. Upstreet has become one of the fastest growing breweries in Atlanta, Canada, and was recently awarded the Startup Canada Regional Award for Social Enterprise. In 2007, Mitch first tried to start up two businesses, but like many startups, neither took off. And that's okay, because that's the rite of passage. He pivoted and decided to go back to school and to get his MBA at UPEI, and and then later began teaching marketing and entrepreneurship at Holland College. But like most entrepreneurs, you got to get in the game again. And he started, he took another stab at the entrepreneurial life and hustled to start up Upstreet craft brewing with co-founders, Joey Seaman and Mike Hogan. In today's podcast, we're going to hear from the professor himself and get some great tips on what it takes to start up your own business in the Maritimes. Mitch, welcome to the show, my friend
3: thanks a lot rivers it's uh, great to be here
0: yeah well i'm really excited to uh, connect to you um look uh you you've become one of the fastest growing breweries in atlantic canada congratulations tell us about you know the demand curve are you got a hockey stick stick mode now uh, how are you keeping up with the demand <laughs> yeah
3: it's uh, definitely a hockey stick for sure uh, i mean the last few years have uh, have have just been uh, a whirlwind um you know uh I mean, right from the start, we worked really hard to try and, and build uh, processes and think through everything that would allow us to operate effectively and and, and grow pretty quickly. And and it's always been a bit of a, a struggle, you know, like we always said that we, you know, we want to put the customers first. And if, if accounts are willing to put us on tap, then we want to make sure that we always have beer and we always want to make sure that we have beer in the store. So it's always been a bit of a balancing act to try and, you know, make sure that, you know, we're growing and we're taking on accounts, uh, but that we're not kind of overselling ourselves and, and running out of beer and leaving our customers short because we always want to provide a, a good customer, uh, experience, but man, there's, there's definitely been some, uh, some bumps along the way, even the best laid plans, uh, kind of go, go astray, you know, even when, um, we opened up you know we, we were delayed opening up by a by a few weeks and you know opened up our doors on June 26th it was a, a Friday before Canada Day you know the doors opened at uh, 3:30, and the construction crews are still cleaning up and you know <laughs> yeah. uh, if we don't have a float we're running around the stores trying to collect some some money and you know I jump behind the bar we start serving pints and uh, you know by the end of the night we didn't know what to do with the money. We didn't have a cash sheet, you know, yes. I mean, you, <laughs> you really need to learn to uh, uh, operate on the fly and, and learn quick as you go. So it's, uh, you know, we've, we've become pretty, pretty good at, uh, at learning on the fly for sure.
0: And you kept, and I'm sure Mitch, I'm sure uh, given your background as an entrepreneurial teacher that day, you met, made sure you te- kept meticulous records so that CRA could get their piece of the pie.
3: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah, nice, Absolutely. Nice answer. Nice answer. <laughs> so like you tried starting up two other businesses before Upstreet, and those were not as successful. And again, that's just to write of passage amongst all our entrepreneurs. Can you tell us what lessons did you learn from uh, You know, I, – I, I'd, I'd like to call them passages in time versus failures or defeats.
3: Yeah, I mean – Oh, man, I, I learned so much. Uh, I mean, I learned everything, you know, uh, be, before starting uh, my or trying to start my first business. I really knew I knew nothing about business. Um, You know, I mean, one of the biggest things I learned uh, with my first business was it was, you know, timing. Timing is everything. Um, you know, it was um My first business was basically trying to open up an online English school. It's a bit of a bit of a story. My wife and I were traveling with our three year old daughter uh, through Asia and uh, we happened upon uh, an island in in the Philippines called Boracay where a friend of mine was teaching English. And so, you know, uh, we got chatting while we were there uh, about the opportunity to start this online English school. Uh, You know, the Philippines, uh, you know, have a strong kind of English language uh, culture and they have a big kind of call center industry and and so a lot of Koreans go to the Philippines to study English and and go back and this was sort of a starting uh, industry down there and so you know we had some some great chats and, and we decided to, that we were going to stay there and try and make a go of this and we spent a couple of months there kind of sourcing it all out and we met a couple of local guys who had some experience with this and they were helping us and we soon realized that we weren't going to be able to do this from this Beautiful tropical paradise in Boracay and that we were going to have to move into Manila uh, which is a bit of a different uh, place and so you know we we went there and and we were at a point where we were you know we were going to pull the trigger we were going to do it we were about to sign a lease on an apartment and and we were going to go for it and you know we had this chat like is this this is really the right time for us uh, to do this you know is this really where we want our three-year-old daughter uh, to grow up in, in Manila. Um, and so we decided, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the right time for us. And, and we pulled the plug then, um, you know, and so we came home, you know, and probably a year later, I decided to, uh, to, to start my second business, which, uh, I started with Joey, actually one of the co-founders okay, here. Cool. At yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And so we had been doing some immigration work with a local nonprofit and, and, uh, we, decided that we were going to um, try and create an online portal for international students to apply to uh, uh, a bunch of, you know, they could apply to multiple schools uh, in Canada all at once. And, and so we were working through this and, and as you go and you're, you know, you kind of see different markets for the product that you're trying to build and you think you can do this and you think you can do that. And we had different contacts in Korea and China and, and, I had a mentor, uh, Alan Duncan, he was actually an accounting professor at, uh, at UPEI. and I was sitting down with him one day and I was telling him, well, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to do all of these different things. And he said to me, you know, don't go, don't go chasing rainbows. And at the time it didn't really resonate with me. And it was only after when I started, you know, think about it and, and, um, even started teaching and, and I say it all the time now at Upstreet, you know, like, we have to be, you know, we have to focus on one thing, and we have to do it really well. And mm-hmm. we really have to work to be an expert in that field. You know, we can't be trying to be everything to everyone. So that's, uh, I mean, that's been a huge piece of advice for me. And I guess probably the third piece of advice, um, or the third thing that I that I've learned, uh, is, you know, and I mean, it's taken me a really long, long time to sort of reflect on on these experiences, and for a long time. Um, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk that I, I had two businesses that failed, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I sort of felt defeated and I, you know, my ego was crushed, you know, and I, I, you know, I kind of compartmentalized it and, and put it away. And it was only through, you know, kind of going back to school and doing my MBA and then going on to, to teach entrepreneurship that I really sort of started to, um, process all of these different things. And, you know, and now when I look back at it, like when I decided that I was going to start a business, I had, I had no experience in business. I didn't have a business degree. Um, You know, I kind of just thought, how hard could it be? You know, I was 26 or 27 and and I just went for it and nice, you know, and 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 now (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, and, and and so now I, when when I look back at it, I just think, geez, you know what? Like I took a risk and I, and I failed, but that's awesome, you know, because it has totally changed. That's life. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely life. And, and it's uh, it's totally changed the the course of, of my life. And, um, you know, it's funny, even when I was starting up the brewery, and I was coming from like a, you know, pretty stable job working at Holland College and teaching, and everyone was like, man, you're taking a big risk starting up this brewery. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, you know, but it's, it's a pretty calculated risk. I know this is I know this is going to be successful. i got to
0: stop you right there for just a quick second. Were the yeah. people that were telling you that it's a big risk, a big risk, what percentage of them were not entrepreneurs?
3: Oh, 100%. Oh. Yeah, so these guys give
0: – it's so amazing, isn't it? These people that give you all this greatest freaking advice in the world on a journey they've never been on. And I'm not talking about making a brewery. I'm talking about being an entrepreneur. It doesn't make any sense to listen to people like that.
3: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the ironic thing is that my job at Holland College was, was basically eliminated four months after I left, you know, oh,
0: interesting. He, he
3: replaced me, um, his contract wasn't renewed. So, you know, I mean, there's risks in every decision that you make, right? Yes. And, and this whole perception that entrepreneurship is, is super risky or more risky than any other thing that you're, you're doing is, is kind of crazy.
0: Well, it is when you think about it because you ultimately have control of it, right? And exactly. uh where you have other positions that you know, budgets, whatever come along and they say, Okay, Mitch, you're out. And you're saying, Well, I didn't I didn't make that decision. How come this has happened? Well, it's not your decision to make, but entrepreneurship, it's all about your decisions. So yeah. let's kinda let's kind of tie into in, into that, that story of upstreet. First of all, why do you call it upstreet?
3: Um, well, it's 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 upstreet. <laughs> <You know>, we <laughs> we uh we you know, naming company is, is maybe one of the, the biggest challenges that uh, that
4: I've come up with. And
3: anyway, I mean, we were looking around and, and uh, looking for names and we were exploring things and, and um, we had come across this uh, PEI dictionary of old uh, PEI terms. We came across this term upstreet and, and we were talking about it and it really resonated with us because all of our grandparents had used this term, you know, oh, I'm heading upstreet to go to the bank or oh, I'm going upstreet to go to the store. Um, and so. You know, it, yeah. we were like, oh, it's, it's the perfect name for us because our, our brewery actually is upstreet from from downtown, but it has this kind of connection to to PEI that resonated with all of us.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's so, so cool. Well, let's, let's kind of, I want to go back a bit to um, also your, just I know I, about the Holland College thing, um, that, that experience. And what I, what I'm interested in is what was, what was kind of the, the, the feel of the room about entrepreneurship? I mean, was there, was it, one of these ones, oh my God, I'm, I'm so excited to learn about it. Or was it, yeah, I got to take this course and, uh, you know, this Professor Cobb seems like a cool cat, so we'll go and hang out with him.
3: Um, yeah, no, it was it was definitely the latter, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it was great because entrepreneurship and business plan writing were required courses in the business program at Holland College. But, I mean, realistically, if you had a class of 100, there may be 25 in the class that were actually interested in entrepreneurship and and maybe five of those were really passionate about it and, and had actually even thought about uh, uh, starting a business. So, um, you know, and it's, it's crazy, as we were saying before, you know, like there's, there's still this perception out there that being an entrepreneur, is it's not a viable career path. And that, you know, it's, it's still instilled by our parents and, and uh, by our school system that there's just too much risk to do that. And, and this whole idea that, you know, you, you, you go to school, you get a job, you know, you work for 20 years and retire. It's still sort of percolating out there when in reality it's, it's, um, it's
0: not true at all. No, it's not true at all. Yeah. Not true at all. Not true at all. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. So uh, besides the love of beer, which I'm sure you have, and we were actually jabbing him a little bit earlier, uh, if you want to take a look at a transition of a man, take a look at his Skype profile page right now to what he is now. There's a lot more happiness, I'm sure, is it now because of the love of beer, but what would you say was your biggest motivation starting up a you know a, a brewery? That's pretty cool, but very competitive and and I am not at all saying you shouldn't have done it, but what uh, what went in your was it really hey we're let's we enjoy beer, let's set up a brewer or was there something else?
3: Well, I, I think you, you hit it, uh, right on the head there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was really cool. Uh, the opportunity was, was, was really cool. You know, um, I mean, we, we started talking about it as, uh, all great ideas, uh, come, we, we started talking about it over beer and, and Mike, uh, Hogan, my business partner, uh, was an avid home brewer and, and we were always going around to help him out. And, and, uh, you know, we really started talking about, uh, Starting a brewery at the time, there was only you know two breweries here on on PEI, and uh, Mike was making some great beer and getting lots of feedback from all of our friends. And we thought, hey, you know, we could we could probably sell this, you know. And and the more we got talking, you know, what really got me interested in it is uh is just the whole idea of 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 selling beer <laughs> and marketing yeah. beer, and, you know, and, and I was yeah. really passionate about branding and marketing and the thought of getting to build this whole brand around a craft beer was, was really cool. And, you know, and we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the different beers we were going to make, but we also spent a lot of time talking about like all the cool stuff that we were going to do and the events we were going to have and what the labels were going to look like and how, you know, we were going to build a tap room and how we could collaborate with different people in the community. So, I mean, that was like a, a, big driving, uh, force for me. That's uh, and the, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and, and, and then the second piece of it, I guess, was, was, I was really excited to be able to give something back to the community and, and to contribute to the community in a meaningful way and not just, you know, raise some money here and there, but to create jobs for, for young people and, and to support local projects and to, you know, to give back to the community and kind of create this uh, kind of community hub feel, uh, you know, and that was that was really important. And and in the other businesses that I tried to start, there wasn't really that sort of, uh, I guess, sort of tangible um opportunity there to be really rooted in the community and, and, you know, hire local people and and really sort of build the uh, community here. So um, that was really exciting as well
0: yeah that's wonderful man so but how do you differentiate yourself because i mean i asked you a little earlier before we started there's a great craft beer festival happening in the city of fredericton around the first of march and and i asked mitch if he was coming over and he said yes of course he is because he's atlantic canada's fastest growing brewery and that's where if you're the champ you're the head of the pack you got to be with the pack also to kind of just say hey we're the head of the pack what are you guys doing and uh and but there's a lot of there's a lot of great movement, a lot of attraction, a lot of attention to the craft brewery industry. How do you differentiate yourself externally to being where the local guys? I mean, that's a competitive advantage in Charlottetown, sure. But when you start to expand outside of that, you don't have that that kind of homeboy kind of uh, advantage. So how do you how do you build something on top of that that's competitive advantage?
3: That's a... that is a million dollar question, Rivers. Uh, and it's something that we talk about uh, all the time, you know, how do we take this community hub, this field that we've created here in uh, Charlottetown with, you know, which kind of centers around our, our tap room being a community hub and, and, and grows up from there? And how do we, you know, transplant it into um, other communities or other provinces? And I mean, it's it, it's tough, you know, there's a lot of breweries uh-huh. out there and there's, and there's going to be a lot more uh, in the future, but it's it really is such a great industry to be in because the, the market's expanding. So there's still all of this collaboration happening between, uh, different breweries and, you know, it, it hasn't reached a point where it's become super competitive, but I mean, for us, you know, we, we, number one, you know, we've tried to make beers that are accessible, uh, for everyone. You know, we really wanted to focus on, on beers that you could pair well with food and, and that had lots of great taste, but that, you know, weren't over the top in, in any different direction and, and that anyone could come in and enjoy them. And, you know, that was really important here on PEI because there's there wasn't really much of a, a craft beer scene here when, when our brewery started up. Like I said, there was a couple of breweries, but it was still sort of peripheral, I, I guess. Um, you know, so we've really focused on, on, on that. Uh, I mean, the other piece that we've worked really hard on is our branding and marketing, you know, right, really right. work to, to, to build a recognizable brand. And, and we took the approach of trying to view everything, um, as an experience. So, you mm-hmm. know, experiencing the beer and experiencing the bottle and, you know, on the side of our bottles, we have pairing recommendations that, you know, you can read and you can, you know, they're, uh food pairing tunes pairing and and scene pairings and then you can go to our website and you'll find recipes from local chefs and playlists uh, from local musicians that kind of set the mood for the for the beer and when you pop the cap um you know underneath each cap we have these different uh kind of island or maritime slangs Uh. there you know and 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 we've worked hard to build a, a social media presence so we've we really have put a lot of effort into the, to the branding and marketing of it. And and then the other piece is just, I mean, trying to be very community minded and there's lots of different breweries that are, that are doing that in the Maritimes and and right across the um, country really. But uh, we really wanted to build it right into the, to the core of our, of our company to focus on community and always think about community first and, you know, building the tap room and using it as community hubs so that any community groups that want to uh, host an event can come in and, and use the space and we'll help them, you know, promote the event and get people through the doors. And um, we have set up a, a do good fund where we take a portion of the proceeds from every bottle of do good that's sold. And then we've been building this fund that we're going to use to support local arts initiatives and artists and you know, just continuously trying to find interesting ways to collaborate uh, with, with local companies. So whether it's, you know, different breweries in in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick and, and doing collaboration beers, or whether it's a local soap company and we're making beer soap or hot sauce or, you know, working with, with anyone and trying to find interesting and unique ways that we can get our brand out there. So it's been, yeah, it's been fun.
0: So one of the things I wanted to reference, Mitch, that you you touched upon was the word experience. And I and I always when I'm talking about branding, when I'm talking about connection, that emotional connection. What you're what you're working towards with your customer is that emotional piece. I always say to people, you know, you know, why do people spend thousands of dollars each year to travel thousands of miles to go to a place in Florida with a mouse? When they could stay home and go to the, you know, the, the the Charlottetown, what is it, Old Home Week, and the the reason is is because of the experience attached to it. They can get a merry-go-round at home, they can get the Ferris wheel at home, but it's that emotional connection that really makes it special to do that. And you have you have tapped into that and recognized that as a strategy for building the essence and the loyalty around your brand. In addition, of course, I mean, if your product was crap, then it doesn't matter how great the love is it's uh it, it it's not there so um i think that uh, i think that you know you recognizing th- those critical pieces around the journey the experience with your brand is just an epic comment so uh, i appreciate that ladies and gentlemen it's that time where we need to take a very quick break but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests stay tuned
3: Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get
2: started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash smallbusiness. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs plus save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash mybusiness.
0: Thank you to our sponsors, and we are back. So what about business outside of Canada, uh, you know, other provinces, sorry, throughout Canada? I mean, how does that happen because of the regulations and so on that are so you know, insurmountable in some cases? Uh, we've interviewed a guy who had a brewing company up in the the Yukon, and he was talking about just getting into Alberta was, was tough. So how do you deal with that in the Maritimes?
3: I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge and it definitely takes a very concerted effort. Um, you know, I mean, right now we're really focused. There's still so much room to grow on PEI. Um, you know, we're starting to reach out to Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. We have uh, beer, uh, in the private liquor stores in, uh, Nova Scotia. And we're going to, uh, hopefully here in the next uh, couple of months, be getting some beer into the, uh, AMBL in, in New Brunswick. Um, I mean, it's there. There is a lot of regulation, and I mean that's just part of mm-hmm. the of the game. Uh, you know, oh, I would right, love right. Uh, for there to be uh, less regulation, especially in the maritimes, and and have a little bit more of a of an openness or open policy around getting beer into different provinces, because realistically, you know combined between all three maritime provinces, we're still not that big compared to most provinces in Canada. So I really think we should be working closer together, but obviously, you yes. know, like, I mean, there's such a booming uh, industry in Nova Scotia with craft breweries and, and same in New Brunswick. So there's always a little bit of protectionist, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all about relationship building and, and you know, getting to know the people and, and finding out what the regulations are. And, you know, I think, in the end, you know, our our product or anyone's product will, will speak for itself. And, uh, so Yeah.
0: Well, I, you you know, one of the things you said there that I, I, again, a great, great great golden nugget, you said it's just part of the game. And I I love it because as exactly what business is, is just a game. And you got to understand the strategy of building the game and the rules associated with the game. And in your game, the regulations are the regulations. So don't go into the game trying to think, well, I'll just change the regulations to match my needs. It's not going to work that way. Stick on what you can a deal with quality of product, customer service. Good branding, all those other aspects that you've already alluded to. So I love that you've, uh, you've done that. So let's go back to your journey. You start off two companies uh, in early in your career. Uh, they didn't work out the way you wanted to. You've now touched into one that is successful. Uh, have you got the bug to try something else that uh, maybe will 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 take you on a, a, a journey in addition to Upstreet or maybe leave Upstreet and continue something else? Where's your where's your head? now that you had some, some great success?
3: Oh man. Uh, as an entrepreneur, it's, uh, it's hard not to, uh, always be having different ideas. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're exploring, you know, it's always a conversation that we're having, you know, do we, um, try and grow upstreet as a beer brand, uh, as big as we can, do we grow it, you know, within Atlantic Canada and then sort of look at, uh, growing laterally into other products. Um, we're, you know, inevitably, uh, we're, we're going to end up into different product lines because we, you know, uh, we just have such a passion for trying to find different ideas and bring these ideas to, uh, to fruition. So actually, um, in May, uh, hopefully May, fingers crossed, uh, we're going to be launching a, a craft soda line called Daydrift Craft Soda. So, Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. We're we're really excited about it. It's going to be a culinary inspired line of sodas that uses local fruit juices, and uh, will be uh, they'll be infused with uh, herbs and botanicals. So, um, yeah. So that's sort of our, our next foray, uh, I guess. And it, I mean, it fits really well with uh, what we're doing with Upstreet, You know, on that it's it's local. You know, we can use all of the same equipment, and it sort of uh, targets a bit of a of a different market. So. Yeah, we're really yeah. excited about that and I'm sure, you know, down the road there's going to be lots of other ideas.
0: Yeah, lots of journeys. Dude, you've been connecting in some cool nuggets today and I so appreciate it. One of them you just referenced point there even though you didn't say this is this is what the point is Rivers, uh, but you can really continue uh, a new entrepreneurial journey within your own organization just by making a pivot on such a thing as you know product such a thing as you know uh, a new marketing strategy uh, a new uh, a new market niche that you want to go after so you can play within your own sandbox to satisfy that entrepreneurial desire to, to do more without actually uh, jeopardizing what you're building right now so yeah, yeah brilliant brilliant point no. No, oh, absolutely. So yeah. You've been through, you've been through a, 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 journey of starting companies of teaching entrepreneurship, of, of having family involved with what it is you do. Uh, you're on the second journey with your co-founder, Joey, you got a new co-founder uh, you're living in a small province, which is very dynamic and, and, and a dynamo province. Um So all of that put together, how would you say entrepreneurship has shaped or changed your life?
3: Oh, wow. I mean, it's, um, it's had such a, such a big impact. You know, I've never uh, been so passionate about the work I'm doing. And, you know, I mean, it's created so many uh, opportunities for me to to learn and to develop and and grow my skills. And, you know, I have a, a real passion for learning. And like, not a day goes by that I'm not learning something new. so it's it's always uh, you know it's always so exciting.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a really cool element is that is you embrace each day as a learning curve. And ultimately, and I'm sure you know your testament to it, you know being an entrepreneur is is really about a journey. It's not a destination.
3: No, absolutely. So
0: uh, you've got, uh, you've got the, the coast-to-coast listening to you, my friend. Do you have any final uh, observations or recommendations you'd like to share for our listeners out here?
3: I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know it's a bit of cliche, and I know we've, we've said it a couple of times over the podcast, but, um, you know, you, you just have to take a risk. Don't be afraid to fail and just keep taking risks. Um, You know, I I don't think that that can be said enough, you know, uh, because I really feel like it's, you know, in a lot of cases, it's holds people back from from doing something that they love. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, with risk, I I saw saying the other day, uh, take a risk if you win. That's fantastic. If you lose, you would have learned something along the way. So technically, you win them both times. Yeah, absolutely. Mitch Cobb, I so much appreciate your time today. It's been awesome hanging out with you. uh, Upstreet craft brewing, love the name. It is your right, so maritime in the slang. And uh, I'm uh, I'm honored to uh, be a part of the region that that you're now contributing to. Keep the magic happening. And uh, I will be at that craft brew festival. So we'll make sure I'll come over and, uh, and say hi to you.
3: Perfect. Sounds great. Thanks a lot.
0: Thanks, Mitch. Have a great day, dude. Thanks, you too. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's
4: episode. Hi, this is Martha Nelson, operator of the HI Trinity Skirling Hostel, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast.
0: And when you talk about uh, media, um, I think what you were talking about there, correct me if I'm wrong, but primarily uh, traditional media, you know, uh, print, um, radio, uh, t- television, and so on. What do you do for, for the online media? How do you connect with them? And why I'm asking the question is I think there's some interesting lessons that other, t- other remote towns can take from your, the success that you're creating right in your community.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, I've, I've been really lucky over the past two years. We've had quite a few um, different bloggers come and stay with us and profile our area and, and their experience with us, which has been great. And, and I do think that is crucial, especially in my market where we're looking at kind of a younger demographic, people who tend to look more at what's being said online versus what's necessarily coming out in print. Um, and they're definitely – and there's it is great because Newfoundland is a very um, – artistic community has a very big artistic community and a lot of great writers so there is a, a big range of people out there that, that are keen to get out and explore and and say you know share the great stuff about their province um, and I think for to, if people were interested in doing that kind of stuff a, a large part of it is is going online finding blogs that you that you like that you think you'd fit in with and reaching out and saying hey I can give you a free night's stay if you want to come out and write a nice piece on us or even not a necessarily a nice piece just come out and say you know why you like this area or, or something like that and if it's a lot I mean there'd be very few bloggers especially if they're in your region that would say no to that like why would they right